This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Since this is our last podcast for 2017, Dave and I want to reflect a bit on the past year of fly fishing and podcasting. Perhaps our musing on what brought us joy, what we've learned, and what we've experienced will get you excited about the year ahead. Maybe you'll pick up some ideas or think about differently about your experiences on the river. Dave, why don't we start by talking a little bit about the highlights of our podcast. We're kind of two and a half years into this. Uh, What have you noticed? Well, it has been a great year. We hit 4,000 subscribers this year. We're over 4,000 subscribers to the podcast. Probably the better number is that we have also hit in the last several weeks 100,000 unique downloads of our podcast. So you can only allow, you can only download one, and that counts as one download. So it's it's an accurate number in terms of how many people listen to the podcast. So And no reports of anybody falling asleep at the wheel, right, from listening to our podcast? <laughs> because they all died, those yeah. who did. Yeah, that's true. Exactly, yeah. they have nothing to say. But uh, so it's been great. So the podcast really in this, especially the last six months, has really grown. And we have just have been getting some great feedback from you. That's what I've noticed. Just a lot of great interaction, great feedback. I mean, I've, I guess I'm surprised because you and I are both familiar with this world of of podcasting and especially with writing, uh, blogging, and we just don't get that many trolls and negative comments. No, I'm, it's I mean, just I'm, great. I'm, I'm really surprised at that. And I'm sure we deserve them at some point, yeah, but, yeah, we, ha- but yeah. we haven't got, we haven't received right. many of them. Every so often we'll get one, but oh, it's yeah. just so but that, rare. That happens yeah. anywhere. Yeah, and it's I, just, it's been great. It's just yep. a lot of support and again, very grateful. Yep. So very grateful for the, gr- for the growth of the firm. <laughs> that sounds so corporate. Oh, that was oh, good. I know it. I know. <laughs> oh, We're very grateful for the growth of the podcast and just the relationships and interaction with our audience. That's right. You know, we love bringing a bit of joy as people listen on their way to work or or wherever, and we, we've gotten more feedback about that. People have said. Yeah, this kind of keeps me going when I'm not actually out on the river, and and uh, I enjoy listening to this when I drive to work. And well, that that's why we exist. We we, we really enjoy uh, bringing to you kind of what others have brought to us. I also think we've realized that this is probably more of a talk show than it is a podcast. Yeah, you know it is. Saying? It's a talk show on a podcast. I mean, we're we're really radio uh, guys. Well, you've got the radio voice. I wish I had the yeah. radio voice. <laughs> well. I'm oh, the, man. I'm the, uh, who's the, who's the, the sidekick to Johnny Carson? Ed oh, McMahon. Yeah, Ed McMahon. Yeah, to Johnny, that's Ca- right. you're Johnny Carson. I'm Ed yeah. McMahon. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Mike and Mike in the morning, although they're, uh, they're done now, aren't they? It's, or click uh, and clack. Yeah. yeah some, <laughs> something like that. Hey, so. I think 2017 was great also because we published our first book, the Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The reviews on Amazon have been great and exactly what we hoped we had yeah, heard when so we much. had written the book and so that has been great so it's been kind of a grind in some ways to do all this in 2017 and do our day jobs right but mm-hmm. it has been just a lot of fun and and yeah uh, 
I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I used the phrase pure avocational joy. Yeah, yeah. To describe what we're doing yep. with the podcast. So it's yep. just a lot of fun. So we're having a lot of fun. Hopefully you're enjoying it. And that's, that's what, yeah, I know. And that's what I like is that two and a half years into it, we're still having a lot of fun. Yeah, there's and, still a lot of energy. And still going strong. So, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of that, again, is uh, due to our, our listeners and uh, we, we are very grateful. So what about some of the best moments from this past year, Dave? One of our best days actually happened in February on the Blue River in Wisconsin and one of the things actually just as a side note here i hope we try to get out in january and february more than we actually did last year you know it has to be a nice day but we hit the blue river on a great day and so we were streamer fishing i think you even caught some on dries that day i think a couple yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but the brown fishing was brown trout fishing was just great really was and there was no pressure there's a stretch of about three quarters of a mile that if you fish there, it is it can be really really good. It's yeah. not really good midsummer. It starts to weed up and yep. and the channels mm-hmm. get very narrow in the middle, and it's really hard to you can really only dry fly fish, and it gets real buggy. And but man, in February and even in March and April, we've had some really good days there. But that day was a day to remember. That was that was fun. In fact, we ran into a guy. A very knowledgeable fly fishing guide, and we didn't say anything about what we do. But then, a couple of days later, remember he sent an email and said, "Hey, I figured out who you guys are. I, I ran across your podcast. Yeah. We were talking about the. Well, he's an oh, English teacher. Actually, yeah, it was it was a couple of pictures you posted on Instagram that that he ran yeah, across. Yeah. So that was fun. You know, speaking of the driftless, we had a good, uh, we had a really good experience. Was it this summer? When it was, was it? it that, that was actually, it was in April. Yeah, so all these things run together. We, we were actually there twice. I no, think. it was in May. Yeah. Or okay. first of June, maybe, the second time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, I think early in June. Let, let's go with that. Yeah, it yeah. was early in June. No, yeah. it, it, was, it was. I remember that. And it was, it was, I think, especially gratifying because the morning we went back to our, to our old standby and didn't do a thing, just nothing. And so we're thinking, well, this is probably going to be a wash. And we, uh, we went out uh, that evening to a new place, which always seems like a recipe for uh, no success. And we really had a great evening. It was a great, yeah. it was Wiseau Creek. Yep. Remember that? I know. And, and actually, it's just thanks to you because you were the one who did the research. What was that book? There's a book well, that you read well, on southeastern yeah, streams in southeastern Minnesota. Yeah. And the funny thing was I did the research but still didn't get to the place where I had read about. But that moved us in that direction. Yes, it did. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, then the book did help us get to uh, that that stream. Um, yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the book. Maybe we'll think of it because... Uh, uh, we actually ran into somebody commented in our podcast or contacted us and said, "Hey, I just met that guy at a at a fly fishing show and from that area yeah, yeah, yeah. where they live." And uh, great, great book. Well, uh, that was a tremendous help. And two things: one is is being persistent, I think, but also planning. I think you're a planner, and all of our best moments on on our on our trips are because. We intended to do something and we planned to do it, but then we ended up doing something else. But it's the planning that really got us to the, you know, the place where we could actually do something different. So I think your planning is through the years has made it so we catch a lot of fish. And, and that evening on Wiseau Creek was one of them. That so. was good. And then the next morning was great too. Oh, Remember on the that? Little Jordan. Yeah. yeah. 
those uh, little brook trout fishing, and I caught oh, that man. tiger trout. I know it. Yeah, you know, that the cross was, between the brown and the brookie. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that and, was tremendous. And then, of course, our uh, our October trip to uh, the the west to uh, Montana, Wyoming. We really expected to do well on the the, the Gardner, but turns out that we fly fished a very familiar stretch of the Yellowstone in the park, and we we did well. We caught a lot of cutthroat. It wasn't uh, uh, it wasn't just what a plus fly fishing no, was probably no, no, no. B, B or B plus fly yeah. fishing, which hey, you know, we'll, we'll and you take caught that more any fish day. than I did. I mean, it was uh, one, it's just one of those years where you were doing really well on streamers. I was trying to move between streamers and nymphs, and uh, I thought, you, eh, you're catching them yeah. on streamers, I'll try them on nymphs. You caught the bigger fish, though. That was that's the funny thing, you it never was know, just how crazy. It works out. Yeah, I mean, it was you, crazy. You were the ones that were catching the footballs and the. Uh, yeah, the the big old bruiser. So that was fun. Yeah, and the other the other great moment was the day we fished the Madison just inside Yellowstone National Park, and fishing for those big fat rainbows that are coming up the river. Even though it's fall, they're from Hebgen Lake, and we've talked about that before. But that was just a day to remember. And there wasn't a lot of fish caught, but the fish we caught, holy cow, they were huge. Oh, they really were. And you also were. caught a lot of whitefish that day. I yeah, think I caught only I one. Yeah, I did too. And, and even the whitefish were, uh, uh, were, were really large. That was kind of surprising because, uh, you know, usually in, in that stretch or in those rivers, you're, you're getting them maybe 12 to 14 inches of big one. I was catching... You know, 16 to 20 inch whitefish. It was really crazy. Yeah. So that was good. That so was what good. were, like, what were our disappointments in 2017? Wow. I I think for me, um, maybe Disappoint- not being, yeah. disappointments is kind of is kind of a strong word. Maybe yeah. just what we wish it had yeah, more that's of. That's right. I I think not being able to fish hoppers this summer. I mean, that just the way yeah. it worked out. That's always that's something that I. I look forward to, but we've kind of looked at, at our trips to the West and said, well, uh, man, we, we've had such great success in the fall and it's worked out for us. Let's do that and give up the summer. But I, I did miss that. Yeah, I, I did miss that. Yeah, I don't know. How about for you? I think one of the big things, I don't think we had like one of those days like we've had on 16 mile or like we had on the gardener over a year ago where you're just almost overwhelmed with the number of fish you catch what we would call i guess a killer day right we just didn't have one of those days this year did you no no it really because you were out in montana in march as well yeah exactly and even that wasn't uh it was good, but it wasn't great. Usually, when you're fishing for three days, one of those days, you're going to just have a killer well, day. Well, we fished for, what, five this year? Oh, was it I, four? I know. Four yeah. full days? Yeah. But and that spring trip, too, I was on uh, Rainbow Run, that place in the Madison River in the Bear Trap that, you know, historically over the years has been really good. And last year, I, I happened to be there like for one day in the spring and it was okay and I thought eh, I just hit it wrong but this time I fished it twice and it just didn't produce so that was I, I think the disappointment was not just oh here's a day where I didn't catch as many fish it was like okay this uh, this hot spot doesn't seem to be so hot anymore yeah. on the whole we right. did not catch as many fish in 2017. No as we did in 2017 and it wasn't for lack of trying it's just the nature of things 
No, it's always hard true. when you go back to a place like Hopper Run or even the Gardener, and it's just not the same. And you know in your head, okay, it's not going to be as good as last time, but it's hard. Those expectations were set in cement, yep. right, oh. uh, from that last experience. And so it's always hard to, it's always hard to have a have a half. Have have a day that's ten percent of what it was it, the year before. It is. But we've talked about it before. There there is some value in that, wouldn't you say? Well, for first, I think it makes you really appreciate the great days and realize, in some ways, great days are anomalies, and that's why they call it fishing, right? And yeah. not catching mm-hmm. to use that overused and miserable cliche. But if you had always, if you always had great days. Yeah, it'd be something other than fishing. So, but yeah, the value of the disappointments is it makes you really appreciate the great days. And and also in the moment when you're having one of those days, I find myself being able now, at least at my age, being able to slow down and actually really enjoy the day, realizing it is really special as That's, opposed to just being greedy and yeah. thinking that the next one's going to be like that as well. The next day is going to be like that. So That's a great point. when you're in that moment and things are really good, boy, slow down, let time slow down and really enjoy that day. And the other thing about those kinds of days is that they make you keep trying to improve. Yeah, that's uh, true. Absolutely, that's yeah, true. Yeah, you've got to make adjustments. And, and I guess if it was always easy, then you'd never grow in your skills. But uh, sometimes those days force us to try other things. You know, you're better than I am at that. I I think I get kind of stuck in, well, this is what I do, and if it doesn't work, tough. I'm going to fish with this pattern. And But you're always experimenting, and that's uh, I, I think I'm learning to do that a little bit more, but definitely disappointing days do that. And I think also disappointments are kind of part of life, right? And I don't mean to be patronizing here <laughs> no, or sermonizing it's... here, but, I mean, this is, this is the nature of life, yeah. right? And, mm-hmm. and without them, there's no learning and little appreciation for the great yeah. moments. That's a a great point. I was thinking about this with my son, Corey. He's a wrestler. And uh, and so he's having kind of these moments with the wrestling coach. The wrestling coach won't let him take on the the current, the varsity 195 wrestler right now. I can't, you know, I always thought that with wrestling, it's the best wrestler gets out on the mat, but sometimes it's not. This uh, the coach really won't let Corey vie for the 195 varsity spot, so Corey has to wrestle JV, and, um, and it's just not challenging for mm. him. And and I just have said to him, yeah, I could call the coach and, and make and be be that kind of parent, and it is right. kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Work through it, and at some point you're gonna get a shot. Just make sure you beat the kid. Yep. right. That's right. So, that's anyway, right. That sounds parental and patronizing but <laughs> i think that's true in life right uh, disappointments are there so move it, on it is it's, it's a good reminder for me so what did we learn you know in 2017 any uh any trajectories learning trajectories if there was a single lesson it was the importance of mending and there's a cliche that i think is really true better menders catch more fish than better fly casters. Well, that's, that's a good And point. so much emphasis as you go to fly fishing shows, videos, it's all about casting. And yes, you need to mm-hmm. figure that piece out. And I need to continually get a lot better. Certainly, distance is an element for me, uh, partly because of my size. I'm, I'm shorter. I, my arms are shorter. I, but at the end of the day, it's it's better mending, and I, and that is the issue that doesn't that keeps you from catching more fish. I remember one of the guides that we used a couple years ago talked about that, and and he was right, and he worked with us 
on that day that we used them mm -hmm. about better mending. And I'm telling yep. you, we caught some great fish that day, and it was all because of the mending, not because of the casting. Well, in this summer, or this October, a guide that we we worked with, I, I think what he helped me with is is something I should have known. I guess you know, if you asked me, I would have said, oh, yeah. But kind of going back to the fact that mending isn't just a single mend, but it's a series of mends. And I, I think I've kind of gotten to the habit of, okay, here's my one mend. And if I mend again, it's because the first one was really bad. But breaking it down and, and saying, you know what, I've, I've got the time on this drift to, to do a couple of mends, two or three mends, so that when my f fly gets into that zone where I'm expecting to catch fish, uh, my mending is done and I'm going to get a good long drift. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Another one that I thought, and it came from that same guide, the insight that if casting is hard, it's wrong. Yeah, yep. Casting is, is, should be easy and should be a smooth motion, even in the wind. I remember this yep. moment on the Madison this fall where the wind came up and I was trying to lean into my cast and, and, yeah. and do it harder. And, and the guide looked at me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even in the wind, your cast should be smooth. Uh, it should be, you should not try If If you are trying harder and throwing mm -hmm. harder and casting harder, it's wrong. Yeah. And that insight actually really changed how I thought about casting. Ah, it, it's so helpful because I, I do the same thing by default. Wind blows harder, I cast harder, and it, it just works against the, 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 what the rod is designed to do. Yeah, you, you still need to snap your, you know, your, your wrist, but yeah, like you say, do the same thing that you do uh, when conditions are calm. So I think what happens for me when by casting harder, what I'm doing is that I'm, I'm trying to use my whole body. Your mechanics go yeah, off, the right? mechanics the, get yeah. all messed up. And no, it's just that simple snap. I think another one for me this year was uh, just thinking through what it means to deal with surface tension. And that, that includes, uh, it's, it's almost kind of shocking if you try it, just a simple lift for your hook set. Uh, I mean, I, I remember at one point I had like 30, 40 feet of, of line downriver from me, and I just lifted up my rod tip, and, and right at the end of that lift, when the, when the line got off the water and my leader was still on it, then that next little movement, which took just a fraction of a second, it's like my strike indicator just shot out at me, and I thought, wow. And it's all because the surface tension was removed. So that was a, that was a big one for me, and, and that has implications too for setting the hook. It has uh, you know, implications for uh, your, your mending, just getting line off of the, the water before you make some of those big movements. And I think that was related to fishing bigger rivers, right? Yeah. The complexity mm -hmm. of mending and that's right because sometimes when you're in the small streams, it's, it is pretty simple. You right. You do a short cast and, and a yeah. quick single mend, mend and, and that's it. That's right? it. Yeah. But when you've got thirty feet, forty feet of line out on the the river, then all of a sudden, well, you have to manage that line a lot better. 
Yeah. So what else did we we learn? Maybe some other things, even if they're they're simple. Well, I think, and you've said this, is just the value of consistent workouts before a trip. I feel the same. I think both of us, you know, we're in our mid fifties and we were healthy. And at one day, it was an eight eight mile hike. Yeah. Because I, mm-hmm. I I checked it with my phone and my steps on my phone, and we had gone out eight we had gone out four miles and we came back four miles and some of that included having to scale a couple of very steep uh cliffs i mean we're not exaggerating they were cliffs and uh yeah it wasn't well it wasn't dangerous you had to be careful it was kind of soft dirt but uh well you have to be careful because going up the person that goes up the cliff first the guy behind or woman behind him has to weight because you mm-hmm. kicked in loose rocks yeah. i mean you could kill somebody like oh, one of those you rocks really, you really could big bol- those small boulders yep. come through but anyway there's yes. a lot of up and down yeah, it, wasn't, so it, was, it wasn't just a flat stroll along the river no and, and we were fishing the and entire I bet time so. one mile of that too was just walking on boulders i mean oh, it's just inevitable gosh, that along is so the river. exhausting some days so yeah i know for me i i intentionally worked out a little bit harder because in the summer, I had gone out to, to Colorado, and we were doing some hiking in the mountains, and I realized, boy, I'm, you know, at 55, I'm, I can't take this for granted. I need to be in better shape, and so I, I worked at it, and it, it just reminded me. It taught me a lesson. I, I have to do that. Yeah, and I thought the Montana trip was great. I mean, yep. I, felt, I felt really great <clears throat> during the trip, after the mm-hmm. trip, and, uh, yep. you know, and we, and we there were some great hikes we, we worked pretty hard on we that really trip. did and you mentioned this already but i think for me the importance of savoring the moment on the river because i have the reputation of being kind of run from one hole to another and man i'm zoned in on fishing and that's great but i a couple days when we were on the yellowstone and maybe it's because there was nobody else there there was no competition for the river I felt very free just to sit, to relax, eat a sandwich, look around, uh, take in the moment, not feel like we got to keep going. Yeah, for sure. And so here's one of the most important things from 2017. I relearned the importance of really looking at Steve's email and making sure I'm on the same flight as he is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yes. we have this one trip a year oh, and you'd yes. think I'd take a little bit of time to read exactly oh, which flight Steve I is know. on and I totally I screwed that up. And somehow we ended up on the same flight out. and it yes. all worked out. We, we got talked there about back. that on a previous yeah. podcast. So, <laughs> so go back and listen to that. It's It's a hilarious story of Dave trying to fix his reservation as we're sitting in a Texas roadhouse and I'm enjoying this nice meal and he's under the table so he can talk try to, to customer hear. service yeah. at United Airlines. Oh my <laughs> word. Good. Well, I, I hope we don't have to relearn that lesson. So what are we hoping for in 2018? For sure. I'd like to get out more in 2018. I guess I say this every year, but I did get out as much. Um, really, even if you can't go, I want to push myself to yeah. get out alone. I would love to fish a day with my brother. It's very difficult for Matt. He has nine kids, mm-hmm. and he oversees breast cancer research at, at Mayo Clinic. So uh, you can imagine his life is not his own. But he lives only a few miles from the Minnesota Driftless. So, man, if I could just even get a half yeah. day with him, that would mm-hmm. be pure joy. Yeah. So uh, another thing is I want to take out my nine-year-old for the first time 
out on a stream. I, I really want, I made a mistake with my daughter that I didn't get her out. I got my boys out fishing and I got them out hunting and I took Kira fishing in North Dakota, but I, I needed to take her fly fishing. And I am not going to make that same mistake yeah. with Jay. And I think mm-hmm. it, this is the time. She kind of has a lot of energy and it'll be a complete, it'll be complete chaos. Mm-hmm. But it'll be pure joy, right? Nice, so, and I, nice. that is something I really want to do. I'd also like to get my son Corey out to Montana. He's looking at colleges, and maybe under the banner of we need to visit Montana State University, we do some fly fishing as well. That's right. Um, yes. Kind of a boondoggle. But I really mm. want to get Corey out one more time. One thing yeah. I've learned is the older they get, there's this window of time. Now, your son is older, and he's in uh, Denver now. He can do some fly fishing, but. And my son Christian's a senior in college, and he and mm-hmm. he's going to be going to graduate school, and and he's just got a grind ahead of him for the next four or five yeah. years. And mm-hmm. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to get out. So these windows of time that you have yeah. when they're still home, you got to make the most of them. How about you? You know, I think for me it's very similar. I'm I'm thinking about family because you you and I uh, are able to build in fly fishing together. And I, and I want that to continue that that's something that's, you're not going to dump me for your family. I'm not going to dump, you No, that's uh, that's priceless. That's uh, that's a treasure, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes I've dumped my family. No, for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yes. No, I haven't dumped them as much as it, it is just tough to coordinate schedules. And, uh, my youngest son who's, uh, down in Peoria is, uh, kind of moving up in the company that he's a part of, uh, actually got two promotions within the last, uh, wow. within the last couple months. Congratulations. And, That's yeah, awesome. And we're really proud of him. But what that means is that, that makes it more difficult. They to own fly your through. soul, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll give you the raise. We'll give you the title. That's and right. And you're working yep. till eight o'clock. We are going to be together in Montana this summer at a, at a, kind of a ranch, uh, up, the Boulder River, south of Big Timber. We're going to be there for about a week, and uh, really hoping that uh, I can get out with uh, uh, the, the guys. I, I'd love to get my sons and my sons-in-law too. They like to fly fish, but uh, love to get a, a you know a, a short trip maybe put together. It might even be uh, the, the Colorado's because I have a son in Denver, and it, it's it's so cheap usually and and quick to fly there. We might do something like that. You know, my, I've got seven grandkids now. I'm 50, 55, I'll be 56 Ooh, by the time the podcast airs, maybe. Oh, my. But I have... Uh, You're an oldie. I know. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, my kids are going to start... Well, the, the joke was... You're closer like, to 60 than you are yeah, to 50. I know. I digress here. But when I was 44... Uh, one of my kids made a comment about, well, yeah, but you're almost 50. And I said, what? So that's become kind of the joke. Well, now it's uh, you're almost 70. <laughs> I say, wait a minute, I'm almost 56. Anyway, I digress on that. But, uh, but I, oh, I know. I've, I've got, so I've got seven grandkids. And my oldest is uh, seven. And then the next one is five. And I really would like to get them out. Uh, fly fishing a little bit this summer and maybe into some places where they could have some success uh, with brook trout and uh, maybe even getting them out in some ponds where they can uh, use a fly rod and catch some sunfish and bluegills. Yeah, that'd be great. And I think the final thing for me is, and this is just pure selfishness, Dave, it's I'd like to have a banner day in either the Upper Madison or the Yellowstone Paradise Valley. You know, we, we talked about last year. It was a good year. 
uh, hey, if, if I never have a better day than, than catching 10 fish, you know, and, you know, in a morning and afternoon, I'm fine with that. But, boy, there's something addicting about those 30 man, fish days, aren't man, they? Man, it's in the, oh, man. Yeah, or it's, even a 25 fish day in the upper Madison where they're all, you know, 14 to 18 inches. So gosh. I'm kind of hoping for one of those. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. I'll, I'll put that on the wish list for next year. But, but those are some things that we'd like. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. I hope that uh, this podcast topic maybe gets you thinking about the next year of fly fishing. But uh, let's wrap up with this. Uh, here's a comment from a listener named David. He said, I chuckled when you brought up the story in one of your podcasts about the fish packed with worms, and yet it still took a San Juan worm. I had that experience while brook trout fishing in northern Maine during a large trico hatch. I caught a brookie that's mouth was jam-packed with trichos, along with my trico imitation. I showed a buddy of mine who was fly fishing with me. We were both amazed how and why the fish took my fly. Wow. I remember back in the day when, uh, you know, when I was in high school and, and I, we were keeping fish to eat, and, and sometimes after gutting them out, I would cut into the stomach. I wanted to see what they were they were feeding on and and i was always amazed with all this stuff and why did they bother taking my uh, my fly but i guess it just goes to show hey when when you're a trout uh, that's what you do that's your job right you know, your, your job is is eating and and mating and, and surviving and yeah. surviving and that's it that's so you know you're you're always on the lookout for a meal well, that's going to do it for today. Uh, what were your highlights for 2017? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. What did you learn and how did you improve as a fly fisher? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, certainly on all the social platforms. We also have received lots of notes from you thanking us for the podcast. We continue to grow, as we've mentioned earlier. And the way that happens happens is simply through referral and you just mentioning the podcast to someone else. So thank you for that and keep doing that. Also, of course, we'd also love you to purchase our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. You can buy that on Amazon. Yes, thanks for the referrals and thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.